All right. Welcome back once again to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill, Aaron Goldsmith again. Aaron, it's great to talk to you again during this madness that we're in. G-Man, great to hear your voice again. So I'm going to start with our last one. It was a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm still getting some stories our way. I mean, the stories are the best. I'm kind of overwhelmed by the reaction, and we have a similar podcast in this one we'll dive into in just a little bit, so hopefully we'll get some more good stories. But, man, I'm just I'm, I'm basking in the glow of all the good stories we got. That was fun. <laughs> First of all, I, when, when we finished our last podcast, uh, an hour or so later, I was thinking about it, and I thought, I think we've we might have forgotten to give the email address out again because it's still a new email. So before we forget, like, let's get it off the top. What's the email address for the podcast? MarinersPod at Mariners dot com. It's very official. MarinersPod at Mariners dot com, and that's that's I, the one. You can send us your audio or questions or whatever, and people have been using it. It's nice. I like having it. It's very handy. Or also. Both those things would be great to email to us. Also, as we continue into the abyss known as what we're in right now of no baseball and uh-huh. just hours and hours to fill every day, what do you want us to talk about? Do you have content? Do you have ideas? Do you have a story that might spark something? We would love to know, right? I mean, that would be terrific to get some other ideas because, I mean, Kara, you and I are pretty great. <laughs> but after a while, we are gonna we are going to run out of... We're going to run out of ideas, I've imagined. So, like later this week. I'd love to know if any. Yeah. Yeah, like probably by <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> we got a good one, though, today. Before we get into the topic, though, I want to have you been following Baseball Reference, our favorite site in the world? Have you been following their simulated season going on? They're simulating the 2020 season day by day. Which, yes, which is unthinkable and really great for some guys like Dylan Moore, apparently, uh, and really, really bad for some other guys. Uh, but this is the whole idea of a make-believe baseball season on one of the leading websites in all of baseball uh, is pretty great. And the fact that, let's see, um, well, Tom Murphy is doing exactly what he did last year. Apparently, yeah. that was not a fluke. And apparently, Malik Smith is still really fast as well. So uh, the fact that each day that there's an actual box score from all the games you can click on, I know. It's, it's a nice it's a nice um, itch to scratch for a lot of us. So the Mariners are 8-3 and three and tied for first place with the A's. So that's a, that's a good start. It's a good, good start. start. Yeah, you mentioned Murphy. He is slashing 361, 429, 806 with four homers so far. So that's... That's a good start to the season, I you would know, say. I wonder how many active major leaguers have any idea this is going on, and would they, if they did, would they want to know what their make-believe hitting? Uh, because, like I mentioned, Dylan Moore. I mean, Dylan is OPSing over a thousand, and he's hitting three sixty-four, uh, a dinger, and as you mentioned, just a handful of games. Let's see how are the strikeouts for Dylan. They got to be pretty well. Yeah, he struck out twice in. Uh, let's see, twenty. I think Dylan is. Uh, well, off to. I mean, that's sustainable, right? And I say, yeah, yes, absolutely. I say you do something about this next time you talk to Marco Gonzalez. You can tell him that in his two starts, he's got a one four six ERA. I mean, he's off to a great start. He was off to a fantastic start. Uh, you know, uh, we also learned that there's a Mariner that we had no idea was on the team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stephen Wright, 
the knuckleball. He has now started two games for the Mariners this year. So yeah, I like, so apparently, Baseball Reference is saying if anybody's going to make a trade in fictitious baseball, it's Jerry. So let's get Stephen Ryan on the Mariners. Well, that's the thing; they are simulating everything. It's not just <laughs> they're taking you know the team on opening day and going from there, but they're simulating. Uh, signings and injuries and the whole thing. So Stephen Wright's a Mariner in this simulation. You know, I love if you scroll down to the fine print at the bottom of the page, they say simulated stats are through games on Monday, <laughs> April 6th. I mean, like people are gonna be like, no, wait a second. Hey. Wait a second. These don't wash. These aren't making sense. Oh, it's only through Monday's games. Yeah. Okay. Oh, whoosh. Because something didn't yeah. add up. I mean, Close it, call. It is kind of funny because I do go and check the scores just to see. I mean, <laughs> un unfortunately, the Mariners lost to the White Sox yesterday. Stephen Wright, uh, we just mentioned, took the loss in that one. But uh, Dylan Moore, as you mentioned, two for four in that game. A couple of ribbies. I mean, that's home run off Herrera in the sixth inning. I mean, there's an actual box <laughs> score, which I think is the best. I'll be curious when we get our first, like, 16-inning simulated game. Ooh. It's just something ridiculous. I mean, that's got to be coming at some point, right? But this is like, this is a real thing put up by real people out of the park baseball. Yeah. OOTP 21, right? This is like, you're familiar with this. Yeah, it's a fun game. I had it a couple of years ago and it's, it's fun to mess around with and simulate and it's, it's cool. Malik Smith has eight steals, by the way. That's league baseball, I assume. Yeah. I, that's probably more than most teams 10 games in. Hey, you know, since we're on baseballreference.com and we are looking at their homepage right now, we're both looking at the photo of Al Kaline, Mr. Tiger, yeah. who at the, at the time of our recording, it is uh, Monday evening. Uh, just uh, unbelievably sad news, uh, Hall of Famer passing away. We saw him. I would say we saw him every day we were at mm -hmm. Comerica. What do you say? I mean, he was there yeah. every day. And I know uh, uh, Al and Rick were very close uh, after Rick's uh, time in Detroit. Al was just such a gentleman and a true friend to Rick as Al's a gentleman and a friend to everybody that he comes across. But uh, it's just it's hard to really uh, encompass probably, Gary, as as outsiders like we are to Detroit, like what he means to the Tigers and the funny thing about it is you can read his on-field resume, which is incredible. I mean, obviously a Hall of Famer, 3,000 hits, uh, 10 gold gloves, among the most ever for an outfielder. Uh, just a, a really underrated, I think, probably uh, right fielder, probably because a lot of people right now talking about him didn't actually see him play and yeah. because he was so good with the bat that the glove got overlooked. But, I mean, he was a batting champion when he barely had – hair under his arms right uh he was so young when he broke in but everybody who talks about him and even before he passed here i think you would agree with this just all talk about how good of a man he is which uh, speaks to his character and his integrity for someone who was such a good player that's what would be easy to dwell on but a lot of people dwell on him off the field just as much if not more yeah because he was around all the time he was there all the time and it's cliche to say but he was a better man off the field than he was on the field and that's saying something because he was a great ball player but on a day like this you know that's not what people who knew him in detroit are talking about they talk about uh their connection to him and what he meant to everyone. I mean, he took time for everyone. He took time for us. And who are we? 
you know, randomly visiting Detroit once a year. And, I mean, he couldn't have been nicer to us and, and me. And, it, you know, it's I had one of those moments a couple of years ago where, you know, he's just Al Kaline is in our booth. And, you know, he's talking to us. And, you know, while he's talking, I mind just for a moment. And I just, I think to myself, I'm talking to Al Kaline. This is unbelievable. And it's just, you know, it's one of those moments in this job that it's surreal. But it just, it's a devastating loss for baseball and especially for the city of Detroit, especially with everything else going on as well. I mean, it's, it's really tough news to hear. It is. You talk about him giving time. This was a few years ago at this point. But I asked him if he would do an interview with me. And I had, like, this is your shot, right, to to get Mr. Tiger. And not, uh, as we said, he's around all the time. But you don't want to be asking him for an interview year after year after year. So this was kind of like my, hey, let's, let's this is the definitive Al Kaline interview. And. And I prepped a long time at the hotel for it, uh, all day leading up for it. And we went for easily 15 minutes, probably pushing 20 minutes. And he could not have been kinder. His recall, I asked him in-depth questions about the 68 World Series uh, against St. Louis. And, I mean, he was just taking me through one at-bat after the other. It was honest to goodness. And I, I've told you this before, Gary, in past conversations about Al Kingline. It was probably my most enjoyable interview that I've ever done. And we talk and interview a lot of players, hundreds of players a year. And it was it was incredible. It really was incredible to have that opportunity, to have him be so gracious, for him to be so engaged. And even if he didn't, he acted like he wanted to be there. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> yes. And 90% of a great interview is for the subject to seem like they want to be there. And that can be hard, right? That can be hard yeah. at times, uh, given guys uh, just time constraints and schedules and everything else. So uh, our thoughts with everybody involved with the Tigers and certainly uh, the K-Line family, because uh, what a what a true gentleman and, and a Hall of Famer. What's amazing, uh, kind of looking back on his career today, it, it's amazing how consistent he was just from – like age 20 to age 38 how he churned out such good seasons every single year i mean the numbers were always there he didn't have you know you look at his baseball reference page there's not a lot of black ink he didn't lead the league very often you know hits once and batting average once and doubles once but just year to year good years year in and year out for such a long stretch i mean you can make the argument he had the most consistent career of any player in baseball for that long of a stretch 22 years man yeah. incredible yeah. incredible career and all with one team which can't be overlooked yes. either i mean we we know what that's like with edgar uh and that's obviously what makes him so one of the things that makes him so special in Detroit, but uh, what a player, what a gentleman, uh, what a human. And you're right, with everything else going on, it, it makes this news uh, kind of sting even more than what it normally would, which is hard to believe. No doubt about that. I, You know, I discovered something. Last time we were in Detroit, uh, I walked over to the old Tiger Stadium from our hotel, which was pretty fun. Uh, so I get there, and I see a Cochran Street. And I was like, wow, is that? And it was Mickey Cochran. And the K-Line Street is still by Old Tiger Stadium. 
So uh, I think it still is K-Line Street, although I never saw the street sign. But uh, it's funny to think about, you know, K-Line Street gets named because it, you know, runs by Tiger Stadium. But Tiger Stadium no longer there. And the, the current ballpark is is not close to there. But it's just one of those funny things that uh, it'd be like if, you know, T-Mobile Park just got up and moved, and you still have <laughs> Dave Niehaus, Dave Niehaus Way right there and Edgar Martinez Drive. Now, to, to correct you on something, uh, I, you said that you went there from the hotel. I'm pretty sure that you went to the ballpark and then packed an extra pair of clothes and then that is basically accurate. ran to Old Tiger Stadium and then ran back and then changed again. Is, yeah, am I remembering this correctly? That, that is accurate because as uh, – as you know very well, it is a long, long drive from our hotel, and it would take me like <laughs> nine hours to walk. So, yes, that is that is accurate. I went to the ballpark first. Yeah, where's Gary? Uh, he's running to Old Tiger Stadium. He'll be <laughs> yeah. here by 7. <laughs> hey, uh, stranger things have happened. So That's true. Hey, Crimin okay. left our rental car running <laughs> the entire game. At Comerica Park many years ago. It was in the early days of the keyless cars, uh -huh. or keyless starts, I should say. And, of course, we get to the ballpark at whatever, 2, 30, 3 right. o'clock, something like that. Time. And Yeah, and we park in the parking lot, and Kevin, we all get out of the car. He locks the car up, go inside, do the game, do the post game, go back to the parking lot. We're one of the only cars left in the parking lot. There's a parking lot attendant there who has been waiting just to yell at us about keeping our car running <laughs> for whatever, seven hours or something. And as we're getting in and the parking lot attendant is easily 200 yards away, this man in this Tiger's official parking lot jacket comes chasing after us wagging his finger and yelling at us that we have kept our car running this entire time fortunately we did have enough gas left in the tank to drive home and actually made uh getting out of there pretty easy you didn't even have to start the car up so oh, yeah, it's nice we're sorry That's for great. the we're sorry for the environmental impact of of crimin's blunder that one night and it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> and we hear it in arizona all the time because i mean i get it people have rental cars if you're not used to that kind of thing I could, I can see how that could happen. Yeah, well, we got used to it after that. Let's put it that yeah, way. <laughs> so let's get to our topic today, and this is going to be similar to our last podcast. We're, we're going to tell you a story. Actually, someone's going to tell you a story, and then we're hoping that you have some too. And so, our topic is chance mariner meetings, like out in the world or out in the wild, is how you put it, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So just. Yeah. When you're just out and about doing your normal thing, you're doing your normal life. And then all of a sudden there is fill in the blank Mariner. Or if you need to expand it to another Seattle sports team, we understand. Sure. Because you don't always have chance encounters with Mariners players. And something happened, right? It's more than just, oh, I was so and somewhere and I saw so and so. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's that guy. And then I got in my car and I drove away. Like, we're talking actual actual interaction that was memorable for one reason or another. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. And we have a good example of what we're talking about, thanks to Chad Brown, who 
was an intern with us for a while, and it was always fun to work with Chad. And he has, uh, and no pressure, because I don't think anyone can top this, but he has an amazing story about this exact subject. So I got engaged in the summer of 2015, and me and my fiance were set to get married in August of 2016. So we were uh, kind of getting ready, and it was early August when we were supposed to get married, and we had to basically set up a, a picnic for all of our family to get together. That was in town for the wedding the day before our wedding. The wedding was uh, August 7th, 2016, so on August 6th. We kind of got everyone together, and we were actually at Idlewood uh, Beach Park in Redmond. Um, just kind of rented out some space and just allowed everyone to, to get together and kind of hang out before uh, the wedding. And that's when uh, we had kind of had our, our encounter where we uh, saw Deho Lee, uh, the first baseman at the time for the Mariners in 2016, where walked by where we were hanging out and uh, part of my family has some pretty some pretty big Mariner fans, and so we had some family up from Los Angeles actually that were originally from Seattle, and uh, huge Mariner fans. And they saw him walk by, and you know, they came up to me like, "I think we just saw Dejo Lee walk by." <laughs> I was like, "No way! Like, what would Dejo Lee be doing here on a Saturday? I mean, the Mariners are going to have a, a game that night." So I'm like thinking, "What the heck is he doing here?" And sure enough, I turn around and there he is. You know, he's a tall, tall dude, so he's, he's pretty recognizable. And uh, we saw him walking by, and I think he had, like, uh, a party for maybe one of his, his children, or he was there with someone else as, a, as, like, a birthday party. And we were kind of debating back and forth whether or not we want to go up and, and approach him because you know, we're huge Mariner fans. We're like, this would be super cool to get a picture with Dejo Lee. And we kind of didn't want to bother him. But then one of uh, our family friends, the Burks, uh, Lauren Burks, goes up and is like, well, I'm just going to go ask him. Like, you know, she has no... Uh, problem is going up and going ask him. So I see her go around the corner uh, and come back like a minute later with Deho Lee and uh, another person uh, ended up being like a, I think it was just a friend that could interpret for us is Deho Lee really didn't speak much English at all. And I kind of told him the background of, you know, I work with the baseball information department. We'd love to get a picture, you know, I'm getting married tomorrow. And so he was super gracious. I don't know how much he understood what was going, but he seemed like he knew like that, you know, we're getting married and it's a special occasion. So he was super gracious and took some pictures with us. And we got a great photo of me and Katie, my, my wife of us and him. And uh, a couple of weeks later, the baseball information department is, I mean, they do a great job already for the marriage, but they're super generous and, went out of their way to get me and my wife a, a wedding gift of they decided to take the picture of me and her and, and Deho and they printed it out. Uh, they framed it and actually approached him and got, got Deho to, to sign it for us. And so uh, when they approached him, they said that he actually remembered us in that encounter and was super uh, happy for us and super willing to, to sign this, this this picture for us and they framed it for us. It was super nice of them to do that and definitely a, a wonderful memory for us and uh, just crazy encounter and how it all happened and it was awesome. Where's the picture? It's actually framed uh, in our in our living room right now. So we still have it and it, it, I see it every, every once in a while and I just laugh because it's just so crazy how it all came together. Aaron, I could not have handpicked a better player to run into than Day Holy. <laughs> that is the best. It's the best. 
Well, and you have this cult follow Mariners uh, figure like they holy and the special setting that Chad <laughs> and his family were in. You have these two worlds colliding. But yeah, Deho, obviously a fan favorite forever and a Mariner, one of the all-time great Mariners, I think it's fair to say. And Chad, who you mentioned, we all love Chad. He was a fantastic intern for the Mariners. We got to know him really very well. And I think if you could ever have photos taken with Deho Lee and even a casual setting, that would be fantastic in a more formal setting that you would cherish uh, with your bride-to-be for the rest of your life. Uh, even better, uh, Deho, uh, we miss you. We're so glad you're part of the Mariners. It seems like this... It seems like a chance encounter itself that Deho Lee came to Seattle, of all places, yes. to play for the Mariners. Uh, but aren't we ever glad that he did? That's a, a fantastic story, and I'm glad we remembered it, and I'm glad that we were able to get you were able to get Chad on the horn to talk about it because it's 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 one of a kind to say it's, the least. It's so great. He texted me the picture of at the time Chad and his bride to be with Deho Lee, and the picture makes me smile. And <laughs> the part of the story that is the topper of the whole thing is the PR department framing the picture, and it's hanging in Chad's house right now, which is, <laughs> is so great. It's so great. I mean, uh, like, think of any other random Mariners player from yesteryear, right? Like Kendrys Morales, Okay. Uh, my personal favorite, Danny Espinosa. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's good. That's if it good. was Danny Espinosa, that means the photo means nothing. It means it means absolutely nothing, right? But yeah. because it's Day Holy, that photo means everything. So congratulations to Chad. Congratulations to Chad, and congratulations to the whole family. You know, we were in a similar situation, in a way. And you know they approached Aholi and they talked to him and it, and it worked out great. We, however, did not build up the courage to talk to the person in our situation, and we just kind of sat afar and gawked. So well, we thought about it. We tried. We will. We will be going into more depth next week on this. But I will say, uh, we did everything we could, and we had a we had a tribal council. I mean, we had. <laughs> at the table, you, me, Tim Hevley, a director of baseball information for the Mariners, who was much smarter than both of us combined. Yeah. So we, we had, uh, we also had a lifeline. Uh, we had a, I would call it a, um, I don't know, an NBA celebrity. Yes. Who, uh, who we were able to consult with uh, via text message at 11.30 p.m. Oh. Eastern time. So... You know, you put all that together. I think we did our effort, but we'll uh, we'll be telling the whole story in next week's podcast to uh, go further in depth into this. Yeah, so we'll share our story, and we hope that you will share your story as well. Again, the address to reach us, marinerspod at mariners.com. You can tweet at us too, but uh, email's great. And you know, the best thing to do is record your story on your phone and just send it that way. I mean, you can type that out as well. Either way is fine, but... Uh, we'd, we'd play it if you sent the request. We love voices. So. We love voices. Yes. This is a podcast. We want to hear voices. We love the audio. And yeah. Yes. We're looking forward to your stories. Is that it? Did we do it? I think we did it, G Man. Nicely okay. done. This was fun. We'll do it. Uh, we'll do it again next week.
All righty, we'll see what the, where the Mariners uh, come in next week on our simulated season. <laughs> yes, lot can, lot can happen in a week. <laughs> you know it. Malik's could steal eight more bases. He'll be at the 16 <laughs> next week, so that'll be good. Until then. It's great hearing your voice again, Gary. Talk good talking to you, soon. man.